too want to say it truly is a blessing to be here this morning and greet you in Jesus' name. Children, what's today? Mother's Day. I had the privilege of sharing last year on Mother's Day, and I have the privilege of sharing today on Mother's Day. Do you appreciate your mothers? Children, do you thank them for all the stuff they do for you? Today is the 110th anniversary of Mother's Day. First Mother's Day was celebrated in Grafton, West Virginia on May 10, 1908. According to IBIS World, a publisher of business research, Americans will spend approximately $2.6 billion on flowers, $1.53 billion on pampering gifts like spa treatments, and another $68 million on greeting cards. Mother's Day will generate about 7.8% of the U.S. jewelry industry annual revenue of, that's 2008. Americans are expected to spend close to $3.51 billion dining out on Mother's Day. I think it's good that we have a day set aside for mothers to reflect and appreciate them. But I want to be careful that we don't get caught up and the rest of the 364 days of the year we could care less. For a message this morning, I invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 2. It's a very, very familiar story. One that I remember as a boy sitting in preschool coloring pictures of this account. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch, put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when they saw the ark among their flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. 
We're going to look at a life of a mother who played a very important role in raising a boy. If I'm to give a title to this message, what is the wage of a mother? These were dark times for God's people. Pete touched on this last Sunday when he was talking about the Passover. This was a dark time for the children of Israel. They were slaves. They were oppressed. Their backs felt the stings of the whip. It may have seemed that there was not much hope. But for one family, there was a glimmer of hope. Can you imagine the joy of having a baby boy? Then having reality sink in, knowing that there there's an order from Pharaoh to throw the baby boys into the river? As that mother, Joshabed, looked into that face of that baby boy, do you think there was a thread of faith knowing that God had a big plan for her baby? She obviously did not intend on on obeying Pharaoh's order. Life was important to her. Verse 2. Did you ever wonder how you would keep a baby hid for three months? Certainly God was looking out and taking care of this. Verse 3. She prepared an ark, a basket, for her baby. And she put it in the water and let it float out of her control. She put some thought, she put some preparation into making this boat, this ark, for the saving of her baby. I am sure also that she probably spent a lot of time on her knees talking to God. To place your baby on the water and leave hoping that Pharaoh's daughter would see it. Some thoughts ran through my mind. Could have it been possible that Joshabed was a slave in the courts of the palace and that she knew of the time and where the princess would be? Maybe she overheard the princess saying, I wish I had a baby boy. But that's beside the point. Verse 5. Obviously, the princess goes and bathes. They see this, this basket, and she fetches it. She has one of her maids fetches it and says, Bring it to me. And obviously, seeing that baby there in that basket, she had compassion on it. And she recognized that baby. She said, This must be one of the Hebrew children there in verse 6. Miriam, the baby's sister, was standing not too far away, came and offered a suggestion to go get a nurse for this baby. Now it's speculated that her sister maybe was about 10 years old. Do we have any 10-year-old girls here this morning? A few. One, I see. 
How would you like to stand by the river and you had to watch out for your baby brother and then be brave and go talk to her? That's a crazy idea, isn't it? The thought crossed my mind. What if she hadn't been obedient? What if she hadn't? What if she would have chickened out and got scared? Um, but she went ahead, got a nurse, and that's what I always think of when I think of this story: is that how clever for her to go back to her mother and reunite my brother to my mom. Finally getting to the title of my message, verse 9. And I will give thee thy wage. What are the wages of a mother? So I went to the web and I found on Forbes and I found something very interesting think you can't put a price on motherhood according to a new survey by salary.com a division of human resources consulted King Exia mom should be charged mom should be charging 115000 per year for their work in the 10 annual mom salary survey, research estimated 6,616 mothers and attempted to value their work by breaking down their motherly duties into 10 separate titles. Daycare center, teacher, CEO, psychologist, cook, housekeeper, laundry, machine operator, computer operator, facility manager, janitor, and van driver. Those were the 10 categories. Call it, con- call it continual fallout from the global recession, but in 2011, stay-at-home moms estimated wage drop. This year's results indicate that stay-at-home moms would earn a base salary of $36,968 plus $78,464 in overtime, totaling to $115,000, which is down 2422 from last year. This is someone trying to estimate the worth of a mother. We see moms as a complication of ten jobs in one person. The breadth of a mom's responsibilities beyond what workers could ever experience day to day. Imagine if you had to attract and retain a a candidate to fill this role. According to this survey, The typical stay-at-home mom works almost 97 hours a week, spending 13.2 hours a day as a daycare teacher, 3.9 hours as a household CEO, 7.6 hours as a psychologist, 14.1 hours as a chef, 15.4 as a housekeeper, 6.6 hours doing laundry, 9.5 hours as a PC or Mac operator, 10.7 hours as a facility manager, 7.8 hours as a janitor, and 7.8 hours driving the family. It was summed up that the six-figure annual rate moms may be the most valuable worker in the country. 
So the wages of a mother are high. And we knew that, right? They are good at multitasking. And they're good at getting a lot done. So we try to put a value on them. But you know, we haven't even looked at the spiritual side yet. To have a mom that can do those things and you put the value whatever you want to place there and then add the godly part to it the values go out of this world so the rest of this morning I'd like to look at the godly values of a mother some characteristics godly characteristics that a godly mother would have and here in this account in Exodus 2 Exodus 2 where Joshua had this encounter with Pharaoh's daughter, some of these characteristics were evident as well. And the first one is faith. She had a a strong faith. Um, to keep a crying baby hit for three months with the guards passing by the house would require a mother to have a strong faith. It does mention, though, that he was a goodly child there in verse 2. So, I don't know. Did that mean he never cried? It also refers to, in Acts 7, verse 20, of him being exceedingly fair. But I still have the feeling that he was a baby, and he had baby needs. But he may have been a good baby. To have faith that her scheme to preserve her baby's life was something God wanted her to do. That took an element of faith to put that to plan, put make that plan happen. And then to realize that God would make it work, that it would work out. To have faith in the future when everything else was pointing to doom and gloom and utter destruction of her race. This order from Pharaoh was to do away. These people were getting too populated. And so the Pharaoh had to control the number of babies that were being born. So to this mother, this did not look pretty at all. Her faith was in the Almighty God to control the future as well as the present. For a mother in our day, today, to give birth to a child and to have faith, to believe that he or she will see a better day ahead requires faith. For a mother today to have, to believe that her child will be able to have the Christian armor to withstand the evil which that child will face requires faith in God takes faith in God to bring little ones into the world and then to entrust to raise them and to influence them so they can make godly choices takes faith. The next characteristic I see is hope. A godly mother has hope. Against all odds, Joshua found that hope that her son Moses would be saved from Pharaoh's sword. 
to a life of useful service. Today, every godly mother has hope in her heart for each of her children, which God gives her. It is a hope that her child will grow to take its useful place in life's drama, what we call life. But more especially, that they recognize the place of real service in Christ's kingdom. There will be children that will not value this. There will be those that choose to follow after, choose not to follow after God, and this is very sad. They are free to make their choice, and if you are a mother and you did your part, that is all that matters. Don't give up. Another characteristic I see is love. A godly mother is going to have love. Every godly mother must have a love that is submissive to the will of God. Here was the mother, Joshua. She loved her baby so much that she put him in a basket and put him in the water, in the river. Technically, Joshua carried out Pharaoh's order. The order from Pharaoh was to throw the baby boys into the river. She did that. She put her baby boy in the river. But with a different intention. When in true reality she was casting him on the love of God, realizing his power and his love was sufficient for her great need. Imagine, in this heart-rendering moment, on the bank of the river, the love of a human mother and her baby, and the love of God combined, performing this miracle of salvation. And this salvation was the salvation of saving her people. Did she understand that? And not only that, but that salvation was going to be carried all the way down through to us today. This miracle changed the course of history for a great race of people. Another characteristic I see is trust. Can you see the providential the providence of God in this story. Joshua just happened to put Moses in the right spot on the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter just happened to see the basket. Moses just happened to cry at the right time. Miriam just happened to be nearby. Joshua just happened to be available to be a nurse. Pharaoh's daughter just happened to have enough influence to save baby Moses faith and trust in God knows that even when God seems silent he is always there working for the good of his children faith and trust in God knows that God often works behind the scenes of our life talking about that in Sunday school this morning the time, God's timing 
we sometimes think he's late. God's timing is perfect. We may not always see it. It may be behind the scenes at about the time when you think, can it get any worse? Something changes. What we sometimes call fate or luck or it just happened or I got lucky. Is it true? True reality, it is God's providential care. It had very little to do with what my skill or lack of it. Another characteristic I see is letting go. It is interesting in this story, this account, that God gave Joshua a baby boy, and she had to let him go once on the river, but then she got him back, but then she had to let him go again. There's one thing for certain, and that is, I'm sure that Joshua spent those early years teaching Moses about her faith. She must have been very, very influential in her teaching, because there later in that chapter, um, he chose to suffer with his people when he got older. Take heart. If you're in the middle of child rearing, toddlers running around, and you feel like you're in over your head, keep training. Don't stop. Those little lives are so influential that you need to be that good example that they can later in life want to embrace and choose the faith that you have, the faith in God. I'm sure also Joshua took the opportunity to press on Moses about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and also that great covenant that was promised to Abraham and that was made to the Hebrew people. There in Exodus 2.10, Joshua, she's the one who brought him to the royal palace. He went from her arms to the arms of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter. Hugs and kisses, I'm sure, were part of it. She turned away and went home again the second time. I asked myself the question, was this time harder for her? Some motherly thoughts could have been going through her mind. Would he be safe? Would he forget me? Would he forget his family? Would I ever see him again?
What do you do when you can't do anything more? Let go. Trust God. Because when we let go and we trust God, not all the babies in the basket are going to be rescued. Not all the illnesses are going to be healed. Not all the jobs are going to be restored. Not all relationships are going to be mended. But this is true. When we let go and we trust in Him, God is glorified. And He will work out the best and the good for His people. How many times do you think Moses, the name Moses, is found in the Bible? It is 852 times. Moses was a great man. And how much of an impact did his mother have on him? She is only mentioned two times by name in the Bible. Exodus 2.20 and Numbers 26.59. She's also referred to in the faith chapter, Hebrews 11.23. Conclusion. Someone once asked a full-time mom, What is it that you do for work, my dear? Her response was, I am a socializing, I am socializing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of a social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God willed from the beginning of creation. She then added, what do you do? What value do we put on mothers? Mothers, you play a big role in shaping children. My encouragement to you is to keep up the good work. Grandmothers, you're not off the hook either. You have a strong influence as well. I want to consider her compensation, the wages that was promised to her. The real compensation she, as a mother of Moses, would have wanted nothing to do with money or wealth. She was grateful for the wages that were rich in wealth beyond her dreams. Verse 1, she had the privilege of love, and she was able to love her son, who should have died, but was alive. Second, she had the privilege of sacrifice and that privilege of giving. She gave of herself. She was a nurse. She was a mother to that to that baby, that baby that was hers, but now was Pharaoh's. And her life was a willing sacrifice as a mother. 
Third, she had the privilege of shaping a life. She would forever be known as a mother of a good man and a great leader among her people. Her among her people. Turn to Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was of a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And I'm going to read verse 24. And by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Her faith became his faith. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words I have commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write upon the post of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy father, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. My challenge is to you mothers. Be the influence to your children that they want to embrace the faith that when they get older, choice is theirs, that they will not depart.